On today's episode, Dave interviews Second City alum Andy Cobb. Andy has been seen on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and Comedy Central. He is about to start filming the documentary Welcome to Fort McMoney, exposing the environmental impact of tar sand mining in Alberta, Canada. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time uh, just online, and I wish they'd stop doing a couple things. I wish they'd stop writing books for a year. Uh-huh. If people would just stop writing books for a year, and then I could catch up a little bit. So I used, I used to read more books than I do. Mm-hmm. Now it's, I, so much of my reading is just like, what is, what is the latest outrage? I need oh, to learn more about that. I'm and fucking all over the outrage, man. And it's all so current events, but I don't read, I don't, I haven't read like a fiction book in years. Uh, uh, the, the idea of outrage, because I'm looking at your outrage, your outrage, because I, I, I keep up on your outrage. Um, <laughs> I your love it. outrage, what you've, you've, you've discovered an outlet for your outrage, and I love it because it really throws the satire in there. And it's not, I, sometimes I feel like I'm just stabbing in the air. With uh, my sure, outrage. Sure, my yeah, outrage yeah. is just like, I'm stabbing in the air. And that's my outrage. Right, 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 right. Um, but I do have a lot of people, and I, I bet you do too, people who count on you to help them figure out what the news is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of how satire is used a lot right. now. You know, like, I don't think, I mean, I think that the way people use, like, The Daily Show and Colbert, like, those are shows that I think people use watch as a news source as a, as a way of like learning what's going on in the world and they know what the POV is they right. know kind of where Stuart and Colbert are coming from this humanist value system that they can right. relate to, that most people can relate to and you know you can you can get the news and get entertained and not feel like you're being bullshitted right uh, which is a great feeling. And or I think you, or you're being it. bullied as well mm-hmm. because both those guys I mean from the, the great thing about Colbert is he, he it, it appears that he's a bully but then you listen to him. Yes. And 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 uh, John Stewart, he doesn't even. He's not even. It's like he's not. He's the bullied. He's. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love his. I love his. It, and it makes it so much more accessible. And I think that people who watch. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann. Right? Yes. Yeah. Keith, Keith Olbermann, because he's been out of my vision for a while. And I felt like I think Keith may have taken himself out of your vision totally unintentionally did. through the through a, a set of events. And, but he was a bully. He was kind of a bully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was his reputation, at least. It, yeah. Well, and how he was perceived. Him, yeah. But to watch him, you watch him and you go, "He's as big a bully as O'Reilly was a, a big bu- as as O'Reilly is a bully." Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it after a while, I'm watching it, and then I'm thinking, I don't. I don't, I don't like what you're doing. Yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. your approach. Well, you know, I, I think that he, he, I mean, just in terms of a performance, he was really interesting in the, and I, I don't watch his, I don't care about sports, so I don't watch his, no. his sports shows, but, but in terms of his performance as a newsman, I felt like his, his, his sort of tack was to play both sides of that. Like, he'd be really sort of angry and in your face, but right. then he'd also be very earnest and sort of vulnerable, and he'd cry every now and then. Right. Which, which has a lot of appeal. It's just that I, I, th- you know, I think that somebody like Maddow presents the news in a POV way that I think ultimately is a little bit easier to listen to on a slow news day. Very much so. When the passion doesn't have to be at 10. And when her passion is out there, her passion doesn't have that 
bravado um, that Keith Olbermann did. Sure, Keith yeah, Olbermann yeah. was one of those things, you, sir, are yeah, outrageous, yeah, yeah. sir. And I'm thinking, wow, um, that's cool. But Rachel Maddow makes me go, okay, I got to think about it. Because I remember when I was younger and I would get really angry and I would stop thinking. But the yeah. words were still coming out of my mouth. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, were you like that? <sighs> totally. I, you know, I, I, I think that I, I tend to be, by nature, sort of a hot-headed guy. Right. And I think over the years, I've managed to sort of channel that more because the hot-headedness doesn't do you a lot. Of no, good. no, 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 no. It's I, kind I, of fun sometimes, but it doesn't, it doesn't present itself well. No, and I think that you also turn people off when your volume yeah. turns up. Yeah. When you turn up the volume, I think people just go, uh-uh, I don't want to have any part of this anymore. Um, I love quiet, uh, I love quiet anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and and as, a, you know, as a director uh, of improvisation or as a director of any kind, I'm always asking people, pull it down. Just pull it down. You can say, say exactly what you said, but bring down the volume and bring down the tone and see how much you get from that. And that goes along the lines of a lot of the videos that you do where there is a humbleness to the characters that you're playing there and you're getting a lot more out of that as opposed to going, this is horrible, what's happening in Alberta, it's horrible, and you're bringing it all down and going, let's take a look at this thing. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of the idea, you know? Because I, I think people do want to, you know, the, the world has become... It's a very complex place, and the more information we get about it, the more complex it gets. It's, right. it's, and it's very difficult. You know, I, I have spent uh, a lot of time researching these topics because it's become my job, but most people don't have the time, and so they, they want to hear from, some, hear from people whose values they respect, coming from this POV they respect, but also people that they, say, they can feel like they relate to. Right. I just saw that CNN today is, is announcing that they're retooling their network mm -hmm. to do more POV stuff, which is both exciting and terrifying, depending right. on what POV they're going to be expressing. But you know, an example of that would be Anthony Bourdain. Now, Anthony Bourdain, of course, doesn't do satire, but he's fucking brilliant right. and entertaining, and right. I, I love to watch him because right. I, I know that he's going to tell me something about the world from his unique, interesting perspective that I can trust. It may not agree with mine, but it's an interesting perspective that's going to educate me a bit. Clearly. And entertain me. I love this book. Oh, I haven't read his book. The book... Because um, I don't read books anymore. That's what I'm saying. I'm Dave. telling uh, one year of no books. Here's an, one year of no books. Um, what was the book? Uh, Kitchen Confidential? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great book. Quick read, Andy. Quick read. Really fast read, and you learn. A, it's not one of these things where I didn't know that about the kitchen. You learn about this guy, Anthony yeah, yeah, Bourdain, yeah. and what a fuck up he was, and how he rediscovered himself. And I think that's one of the things that I love talking to, with people about is the. It, I, I, you know what? I'm going to change that. It's not the rediscovering himself; it's the discovering himself. Because uh -huh. we, we don't rediscover ourselves. How do you rediscover something? Either you discover it or you don't discover it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what you're doing now is not a rediscovery. It's a discovery of who it is that you are at this, at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you've done and what led you to this thing. Because you're doing something unique that is, is your voice and your expression of your artistry and all that. It's exciting, man. Well, thanks, buddy. You know, it's, it's an interesting time to be doing it. Like right now I'm working with a group that's uh, organizing... Uh, fast food workers and Walmart workers, mm -hmm. and you know they've got this organization and they've got this this uh, institution and this and these ideas. And I probably shouldn't say who exactly these people are, but you could probably guess. And uh -huh. they, but they, 
they don't have comedy. Right. And they're very aware of that. Right. They're very aware of the fact that their campaign is painfully earnest. Right. And that you know these issues are dreadfully heart and soul important to the people involved, but, but there's got to be some levity in order to sell the message. So that's, you know, so hopefully that's a small part of these large movements is, the, is that humor can help engage people on a human level and, and help get past some of this right-left kind of anger. Because I, here's how I came to it is my dad uh, taught me a lot that I know about progressivism, mm-hmm. both my parents. Well, well, how, how did your dad teach that? Like, what was his point of view? You know, he's, he's a progressive and he's, you know, just got, he's got those values. I remember driving around with him in Indianapolis and him talking about how, uh, you know, we couldn't take trains because they won't uh, uh, use public transportation in Indianapolis because there's this perception that everything has to be profitable. All right. And not everything has to turn to profit. Some things are just good for humans. So right. that, that basic humanist right. principles, right. I think, is something I got from both my parents. Right. But, you know, Dad used to ride around listening to Rush Limbaugh when I was a kid. And it was back when Rush Limbaugh was a bit more of a comic than he, than he is. Like the, and I'd be like, Dad, why do you listen to that guy? He makes me you so mad. Like, he just, you know, shake his fist at the radio because he's funny. And I, I remember as a kid thinking, well, isn't that fucking interesting? The, the, my dad, who feels so passionately about these issues, will listen to this guy, let him into his car for hours a day, because it makes him laugh. So that, I, that, I think that's the power of the I medium. wish that I can do that. But I, I look at these people and I just go, uh, and, and I know Rush Limbaugh is the same thing with, the same thing with, with O'Reilly. They're, they're, I think Rush Limbaugh sees himself as an entertainer. I believe. I feel like he's shifted from that to this ultra pundit, and that's where it gets. I think because dreadful. a lot. Of, I think because the Republican Party is back is going. Yes. Rush said that because he's a mouthpiece to that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That, and and then we go back. I mean, for me, I look at it going. He's on mostly AM radio stations, uh-huh. and that's why the FCC right now is trying to protect AM radio stations because all these conservatives are saying that is our that that's where a lot of people are getting their information. AM radio, aside from all that bullshit, is dying. Yeah. Except for people who are listening to these cocksuckers in their cars. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get turned off. I can't. I mean, getting back to that, I, I hear him and I just can't take it. And I think that that's, my, that's clearly my issue of not being able to look at it from a purely empirical point of view. To look at it and go, this is just a fact. It's not a truth and I don't have to invest in the truth of it all. I can just go, this guy is saying these things. Calm down, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. okay. No, but getting also talking about this this group that hired you, did they did they did they seek you out? Yeah, they yes, se- they seeked you out, um, because there is something about just be, have somebody sitting down with you going, listen, puppies are dying, <laughs> uh-huh. and it's not and it's not it's just not good that puppies are dying. Got to stop this puppy dying. I mean, they're being killed and murdered and dragged behind cars and thrown into bags in the bottom of the river. With you know rocks in them, and you're going stop talking to me. Yeah, like Peta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. I, I had I, like I'll give him money, but don't contact me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I I think there's there's there is definitely, and I think Peter's a great example. There's definitely shitty activism for good causes. Right. You know, like, like an example of this, and forgive me, uh, people who. Uh, like them, we disagree on this uh, matter. Uh, Code Pink is a group that over and over again, I think, oh, I support that cause, but I wish you would shut the fuck up because you're shrill and you're, not, you're, getting a, you're doing a, a shitty job of presenting this message. Absolutely. In, 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 in congressional hearings, 
and you're going, what? Well, stop screaming, ladies, stop screaming. ladies. Yes. That's where I mean when you say code pink, that's where I think of them because that's mostly where they. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. their natural habitat. Yes. Right. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's where you're going to find them. Yeah. Um, but I, right, right. Peter for me, Peter. It's like, or it, it, they're the equivalent of driving down the driving up the 99, which is you know goes through the 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 corn belt uh-huh, of uh-huh. the Central Valley, and it's it, the five turns the five. To, goes off to f- more fun locations. Right, and right, the, right. 99 takes the bulk of the work of, of farms and agriculture and all that sort of uh-huh. stuff. And you'll see signs that, you know, are the abortion, like the baby coming, the, the fetus coming out on the side of the road. It, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the, yeah. On the side of the road, you see these billboards, and I go, I don't want to look at that. I know that's going on, but where's the... I, yeah, what, it's not an appeal to humanity. It's just it's just throwing a an issue in your face. right. And, and I mean, I think that's part of what humor hopefully does well is that it has, because we, humor is, you know, when you arrive at a punchline and you arrive at something that you, you agree with the delivery that it is a, a, a comical notion that is being uh, presented to you, uh, you've, got, you've got a basis for agreement there. Even if you don't believe on the, fa- the, the facts surrounding it, if you, if you share a laugh, you share something that's, that's a building point for further discussion. Right. Right. At, at underneath all that is that which we strive for every day, which is a laugh. Yeah. Um, uh, because that really is a connector to humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think, I think that's what it is. And, and there, you know, there's that other thing of like, and, you know, we talk about this all the time, is clapter, you know, for your listeners. Like people, you know, if, if you deliver a, a joke that is only, people are only laughing at or responding to because they agree with you. You know, like, oh, 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 he's so correct. Right. You know, that's that's the least desirable form of what we do. Right. right? You know, like, oh, right. yes, we're all good progressives here. Right. Because uh, it has no power to change minds. But, you know, if you can get beyond clapter to, to real laughter, you know, that, that experience that my dad had listening to Rush Limbaugh talk about um, HMO, he's HMO-phobic when he was talking about the insurance fund. I HMO-phobic. thought that was a kind of a right. funny line. Yeah. He's, it's an right. HMO-phobe. All right, yeah. that's clever. Yeah. But but when you share that laugh, all you said you're you're it's like inviting a vampire in. You're letting you're letting the satirist into your heart, and then he can change you. <laughs> I also think that if you have a daily if you have a daily show and you are a commodity and you are I, I uh, and and you know that you've got to produce and you've got to sell who it you've got to continue to sell who it is that you are. There's got to be a pressure there that starts to to make your mind change in a way, and I believe that that's. That could be, and you start believing in your own press, mm-hmm. and that changes somebody fully. And not that I ever agreed with Rush Limbaugh, but he's been around for a long time. And how many shows has he done? <laughs> thousands, thousands, and thousands of shows. Tens and of thousands, in that I would time, think. I know for me, you know, I'll do two podcasts, three podcasts a week, and I do know that I repeat myself a number of sure. times for stories, but. Um, nobody is saying, David, you, you know, your, your, mar- you know, your market share is going down. You've got to be more uh, evocative, provocative, whatever that's going sure, to be. Sure, yeah, yeah. Nobody's doing that. And in that, I'm still able to be who it is that I am. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and if, and, if, and if you are getting that feedback from those who are making money off of you, that, you know, be more provocative. And, you know, with Rush Limbaugh, he has actual power. You know, he's been granted this ridiculous amount of power within his party. Uh, which I think is something that, that Stephen Colbert, John Stewart, th- those types of people would never claim. They would never say, I have actual power because it's so fleeting for them. I think well, it's true. John Stewart's a great example. He's saying, I am not, I am, I am not, I am not news. 
Uh -huh. I am not news. I am I am an entertainer, and I'm not news. I wonder that at times because I, I think that he can say that, but that's not true all the time. I don't think that's necessarily how his audience perceives him. The audience also often uses him as news, like we were talking. But yeah, he he says that, and that's I think that's probably smart. You don't want to you don't want to tip your hand as a no, satirist. You, you don't, and you don't want to become. I don't. I I don't want to become right. Right, because the moment that he does that, I think that he's. Uh, he's pulling the rug out from under what it is that he's doing, so that when he does, uh, when he does have a point of view, I get to go: Is he being satirical mm -hmm. right now, or is he doing this other thing? Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and isn't it interesting? Like, I I always think it's important that it's the Daily Show with John Stewart. It's it's not the Daily Show. The Democratic Party presents the Daily Show with John Stewart. The the fact that he does at times. Take Obama to task. Take the Democratic Party to task. Even though he's clearly uh, on the progressive side of the spectrum, right? For what we usually see on television, you know, I think the, the fact that he's not beholden to any sort of organization or party, he's beholden to his viewers and his ratings, like any other entertainer. But right. I, but I think that gives him a certain amount of credibility, right? That is that to be honest is lacking in somebody like me. I, I do get paid by uh, by groups, you know, as as well as to to entertain. I get paid to do advocacy, right? Uh, you know, for groups that have a strong point of view. And and when that that happens, I just want to be upfront about it. You know, these are groups that I I support anyway, and that's why I'm I'm doing projects with them. But I, I I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not involved with them. I am. It's interesting because I'm thinking. Uh, I think a lot about. Um uh, patrons, uh -huh. the old school patrons, like somebody hiring uh, Rembrandt to do something. Yeah, Not yeah, yeah. Do that, or, or Leonardo da Vinci or whoever. And, and those, you go, where are those people now? But you're doing, you have these people as patrons who are paying you to get their uh, their, 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 uh, their image across. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's the same sort of thing that you're doing there? Well, you know, sometimes, I mean, so, there are some times when, you know, some bits I do just to do them. Right. You know, you know get to, I, I feel strongly about this one I do, you know, it helps helps get my name out there, helps, you know, keep me in the mix. And Wait, do like you that. see it as that way or do you see it as I am an artist and this is my, this is my product? Because you're not I, doing it to get your name out there. I totally am. I totally you, see it both ways. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I totally understand that part of what I do is keep my name out there. But that's the second part, something. isn't that? I think so, yeah. You know what I mean? Because for me, I go, okay, I'm doing this thing, and I'm getting my name out there, but I'm getting my name out there because I'm doing this thing. Yes. Well, hopefully, yeah. But, but I think, I think that's, that's an important distinction, and it's one that I cross all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I do, I am conscious of that. You know, right. I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't think, you know, this, you know, th this is a way to, uh, to maintain some sort of, uh, of, uh, spotlight for the message that I'm trying to get across. But the message is also the messenger. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's you. Well, but isn't this. that convenient for me? Uh, I, 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 yes, of course that is. And <laughs> you know, just saying, to be honest. But I think that when you say, you know, you're crossing over into that, I, I, I don't know if you're, if you're also saying there's, there's a danger in crossing nah, over yeah, that. I don't know. Because I don't think that there is. Yeah. I think that what ends up happening with a lot of, what, a lot of who we are artists and and you're certainly me getting my message across and, and my message, whatever my message is, getting my message across is um, I get to do that. That's part of it. And a lot of people go, isn't that egotistical? I'm going to go, no, I'm thinking it's not egotistical because this is who the fuck I am and this is the product that I make. Yeah. 
and I, and, and I make it because, because it is part of who I am and it's because it's attached to my very being. Right. But I also want people to see it. I don't want it to just sit there. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and yet there are so many, I think that there are so many people who are young to their artistry. I'm not saying young people, but people who might be young to their artist, sure. their, their, their voice, uh-huh. who are saying, oh, I don't you know. I, I, I did this photo and it's no big deal. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Right, going, right. No, I want to look at it. Why don't you want me to look at it? Because I don't want you to think that I'm egotistical. It's like, you know what? We get to push our, our we get to push our product yeah. because we get to push ourselves. And at the end of the day, that makes me feel good about what I'm doing on this planet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people look at you and they see that Andy Cobb did something. They're going to, they're, they're going to say, oh, it's going to have this flavor to it. I know yeah. what that flavor is. And I also know that Right, I know that flavors and and the idea of satire requires the knowledge of what that voice sounds like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Uh, certainly, that's a great thing about having worked at Second City is it's the concept of satire comes first, mm-hmm. and those that we skewer or put the microscope uh, the, the 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 microscope up to. Um, that comes second. The idea of the sacred, it is the sacred temple of satire. And we get to look at uh, Obama and Romney and yeah. Rahm Manuel and, uh, uh, and all the, there's nothing, there's nothing sacred. Yeah. I think Second City did a, uh, a great job of insulating us from any sort of institutional point of view. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, that I, I think that they were really uh, diligent about saying, go and have a point of view, put it on stage. If audiences don't agree with you, that's okay. Just make it funny. Right. You know, and that right. was really cool. And, and that was a really good introduction to a world of satire that I don't think you could have gotten anywhere else. Like if I'd started out, you know, and this is not to diss any group because they all have great functions, but if I were to start out in Comedy Sports Cleveland, I don't think I would have gotten that sense of go out there and make fun of Republicans all you like and speak your <laughs> truth. And, and and fucking be pissed off, and we're going to and we're going to stand behind you. I don't I don't think you get that from other institutions. I love the idea of be pissed off and speak your truth. I love that so yeah. much, and uh, and it's been part of my life, and and it's also been part. Of my, my parents, you know, had points of view. We we had the we had I think three papers delivered to our house every fucking day. Wow, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like a morning paper, an afternoon paper, and an evening paper. The Trib, the Sun Times, the Daily News. Uh, or the the uh, Chicago American, like those sort of things, and that just changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I remember as a ki- as a kid, as a formative thing was reading. Wait Jim's a minute, this happened here. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> they uh, heard nothing. No, they did. I don't know how much they heard, but okay, all right, here we go. The, as you can tell, this is a high uh, uh, production value uh, program. The uh, the boom operator was standing a little far away from stoned. me at that time, audience. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to remember what you said. You said you were talking about Doonesbury. Oh, you know, Doonesbury was a uh, was a big sort of formative thing for me as mm-hmm. a kid because I, I remember I'd read my dad's Doonesburys. Well, I, I loved cartoons, so I'd read like fucking Archie. Right. And then I'd read my dad's Doonesburys, and I didn't know anything what they were talking about. I didn't know Nixon from nobody. Right. Uh, but but I'm reading and I'm I'm following the characters like Zonker and right. Mike and you know all, the, all these all these great characters and sort of following their journey, 
And then I started to learn all this stuff, and it, and it was a, a real it was a real immersion in the idea that that comedy can give can be an education, it can be uh, it, it can teach you things, but it can also uh, give you a point of view and express a point of view uh, in a way that can make people really angry. Oh. And that was a great education. I, and that's the thing about a Second City too yeah. is to go out there. And to, well, first off, to know as much as you can know. So we, it started out, our conversation started out talking about, like, reading and what we're doing with our time and how we're getting our education and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But what I loved about Second City was they hired, they still do, they hire smart fucking people. And tell them, play at the top of your intelligence. Exactly. And yeah. be curious. And the teachers that were there would say, Martin DeMott used to say, know what you don't know. And know that you will never know what it is that you need to know. And keep asking yourself what it is that you need yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. And to keep moving forward with that. And and Dell was another one. Sure, yeah, Del yeah. Close was another one who would say, you know, what is it? What are you reading? What's going on? What are you reading? And go, those are the fucking models. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And I and I and I think that that doesn't happen everywhere. You no. know, like, like, and that was that was a real lesson, like. You know, sometimes you get in good situations, but sometimes you'll be in L.A. and you'll be in a room and people are like, well, you know, what would be the smart thing to do? Of course, we can't do that. Our audience... I, I remember pitching to a, a, a network, we should, probably shouldn't name them, we'll just say it rhymes with MTV uh -huh. as the name of the network, but I, I remember pitching to them and they were saying, uh, I, I pitched this thing and really worked hard on it and we were in the room and this woman thinks about it for a second and she goes, that's, that's really cool, that sounds really funny and interesting. Here's the thing you got to remember is our audience is a bunch of fucking retards. Oh no! All right? And and I and I just it was like being kicked in the face like you just said what about your what? Right. But but you know I don't think that's a terribly uncommon attitude in entertainment which is a fucking shame. Well, you, if if you look at Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do a they could do a fucking pie fights and uh -huh. Keystone Cops. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then somebody said, "Look, the Daily Show. And this is years ago. Who was the first host of The Daily Show? Uh, it was, what's his name? Blonde guy. But Liz Winstead and somebody else pitched that thing mm -hmm. and made it what it is. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Wait, uh, uh, the guy... I forget what that guy's <laughs> name was. Wow. <laughs> if he's listening right now, he's very sad. Well, but it's also, there's a bunch of people going, how stupid can you be? Right, it's you guys should never know this shit. But wasn't it the guy that played, uh, that was in... Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what's, his, what's his name? What uh, a shitty wait, fucking fate, man. Wait. <laughs> Two well, guys on a podcast trying to figure out your name. I hope he's not listening. Well, I, I, um, uh, Eddie Jefferson was on the show, and he was, <laughs> he was in um, Hung, the TV show Hung. And um, there was, he was, his co-star was a very famous actor, actress, yeah. and really, really famous. And I said, well, well, I forgot, I've, I've got her name. And he said, I forgot her name. And we're both going, I forgot her name. And it was Anne Heche. It's like, fucking incredible. <laughs> what's, wait, what's his name? Wasn't he, he played, um, he played Bob Crane, didn't he? Sure. You know what I mean? I don't remember. I can, I, I can see him. He's blonde. He's tall. Let's say, let's say Anthony Jeselnik was the first host of The Daily Show. Okay. Well, so, give it to Anthony. Well, Right. Oh, God damn it. What's his name? <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Colin Mockery? Definitely no, not. No. But, but like, like, somebody had that idea. But Liz <laughs> Wednesday, right. She, somebody had the idea to go, you know what? It's not just about the pie fight, the dick jokes. It's all that. It's part of that as well. Sure. But it's not just that. Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing to go, the audience is smarter than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, at, at, or at least as smart as you, and, you, and, you, and you're expected to speak to them as equal. You know, and, uh, and that was another thing that directors would used to do. A director would go, too easy. Yeah, at Second yeah, City, yeah. too easy. You know, it's too easy. And some of those things were fine with being too easy, yeah. but most of it was, we got, let's push those fuckers, let's push them. Which, as a, as a cast member, is sometimes very frustrating, as I recall. Like, too easy, listen to them laugh. Right, exactly. The audience loves it. No, it's too easy. Which, there, you know, there is such a thing as too fucking easy. And, the, and there's also something about that that I haven't thought about in a while, but I did think then. Do you want to do this bit every night, eight, eight shows a week, Right. this easy fucking bit, or do you want to take a little bit of time to make something a little deeper yeah. so that will be more, that'll be a challenge for you every night to play that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it's, I remember during that time when I was at Second City, I started, uh, Josh and Naima and I. The Funks. The Funks used to get together in the mornings uh, after rehearsals ended. I mean, after the rehearsal process ended, we'd get together like Tuesday mornings and we'd gather and we would come up with a bit. And this is before YouTube and, you know, when camcorders were still sort of an exotic thing. God, I'm old. They, camcorders. Uh, right? Do people even say that phrase anymore? Uh, you know, these VCR telescope camera machines. Right. They, uh, but we had those and we'd, do a, we'd shoot a video. We, we'd, we'd start at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day, when I left, we would have shot, edited, and posted a video, uh, which then would take two days to process because it was for YouTube. Right. But it, but it was, but it was that, that experience of taking those tools that we were doing at Second City and then I'm applying to video. And we weren't doing topical stuff. We were just doing sort of silly, abstract, fun comedy. But it was, but it was that sense of, oh, now we can take these tools and apply them to this other format. And I remember Josh saying something at the time. He said, hey, what's cool is we're doing this today but then this will be around forever. Right. Like our, our grandchildren can watch this, our great-grandchildren. And that was a real feeling coming from Second City where it, part of the excitement of Second City is that it is so ephemeral. You know, right. you improvise and it's gone. You right. do a show and it runs eight months and it's gone. Right. But, but the idea of something that, that would stick around and live in this cloud world online right. where it could be accessed at any time by anyone, it felt very egalitarian. Right. It felt very uh, democratizing, and it felt really liberating. It was really great. It's also extremely uh, inspiring. Yeah. Because you would look at something, and it's a Second City style. You look at something during the day, and then you put it on that night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were taught that, right? We were taught, like, you, you read the news and then come in and we'll make bits out of be it. Be curious and be inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it remains the battle, right? It remains the battle and it also remains the joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the idea of what is it that you're seeing, what is it that you're doing. And so when I walk out of my apartment, I look around and I see things. Yeah. As opposed to I walk out of my apartment, I get in my car. That doesn't happen. I don't walk out of my apartment and get in my car. I walk in my apartment, I walk out of my, I walk down the stairs, I open the door, I lock the door, I close the door, I walk down the stairs, I walk on the sidewalk, I cross the street to my car, I open the door to the car, I get in the car. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. All that shit happens, but we go, yeah, I left my house and I got in my car. No, that's not what happened. Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah. aware, because you didn't, you, my car isn't at the door. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's locking that I always forget. That's why I, all my shit gets stolen. Does your shit get stolen? I just got a laptop stolen recently. It's 
Oh no! From, from the gym locker room. It's it's a very exciting story for your listeners. I should probably I should probably save it for the blog. Save but, uh, it for the blog. <laughs> <laughs> save it for the blog. Oh, the idea of getting your shit stolen. Uh, I talk about ephemeral, like the idea of okay. Um, what did I just read? Oh, so one of my uh, friend online. He's a rabbi, and they went on vacation. They came back, and their house was burned down. Well, shit. Right. Um, and I've just read this book. Uh, I'm reading this book right now. Um, and in this book, a major part of it was their house burned down and someone was killed in the, in the house fire. It's a really great book. Um, and this is pornography? I don't understand. It, it, you, my pornography is, it's is not weird, your business. It's weird, man. But it, no, it's, you, you, you can't say it's weird. You can't say it's weird. All right. You're not allowed to say it's weird. It's not a place it's my, of judgment. It's my, part, of, part of the sentence, my pornography is mine. That's a major <laughs> part of that, and that's a major part of that, too. But to Rabbi at, house burning pornography is still pornography. You're absolutely right. You're it's absolutely a very right. specific uh, set, and within that set is also... Um, the yogi house burning down pornography. Sure. Uh, gurus, I, they, gurus, their houses guru, burned the down. Guru, certainly, certainly. My All down, that stuff is hot. My downstairs neighbor is a um, is a yogi. Is that right? Yeah, I've never seen him throw out the garbage. I just want you to know that I've never seen him take garbage. He has two women that come by. The sound talk about pornography. Right. He has two women that come by. One I know is a dentist because she gave me her card once. That's hot. And I've known her for four or five years. And the other is this woman, and I don't. And they just come in and do favors for this guy. And I don't mean favors like hand jobs. Well, you, they I, might. I don't know they close you know the doors. What? You're right. I don't know. We that. need to go down there right now, Rizowski, and sort this shit out. I, he had me come in there one time and help him. You know this that that. Um, it's a, a statue of a woman doing the hand thing. Sure, it's sort of a Hindu, a Hindu right, goddess. Right, and he had something that was half the size of my couch made out of bronze and wanted me to help him come in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to look into your apartment now. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't know. You don't yeah. know. Where do you live? Uh, we live in Los Feliz. You know, we're moving. We just got a house. You bought a house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, it's you crazy. A, you're, like, you're, not, you're a fucking adult. <laughs> Are you an adult? Try it, man. I, I am trying with... I've been dragged, kicking and screaming all my life in adulthood. I'm trying to actually step into it now. It's really fun to be an adult. It's great so far. It's been a blast. It's really, really fun to be an adult. Ugh. I mean, I was an adult, and then I got divorced, and then I got to be a kid again. Um, that but, sounds pretty good too. Let's try it all. No, I know I'm never getting divorced. <laughs> I, I can't think that way. But no, I, wait, I, I wait. Are you guys? You guys aren't married yet. You're engaged. We are engaged to be wed. You're my bride and I. Right. And uh, Mary Beth Monroe. Mary Beth Monroe. She is a delight. I know she is. I know she is. And look at the fucking. I say this so much on the on, on this podcast. Look at the people that we know, and look at the people. Because I had uh, Naima on the show, and Naima was just talking about you and Mary Beth and Jamie and uh, uh, and and. Uh, Nancy Edwardowski and you know like all these these people. are all horrible people horrible people oh monsters and and then yesterday was uh, Jay Leggett's memorial oh I yeah know. and and that brought this great group of people together yeah. now this is what happened so I'm like okay I'm not gonna go to I O because it's gonna be too crowded right so they're you streaming it and so you know what you stream is right? yeah yeah so they're you streaming it and I. And it starts at five, and I'm like, so I sat down and made lunch, made dinner, and I'm watching it, and it's really great. I'm cleaning up, and I'm listening to it. And around seven o'clock, Brian Blundell is is leading. He's the MC. Brian and Mitch Ross is the MC. And Brian goes, okay, because uh, I've been texting Brian saying, really great job. Things are really good. It's, uh, that video was great. And I love that guest and that sort of thing. And um, Brian says, uh, okay, uh, we're gonna bring Rosowski up. 
Uh, Rosowski's here. I know he's been texting me. He's in the audience and he's here. And um, uh, Dave Rosowski, and I'm, I'm watching it on Ustream. No! <laughs> no! I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm in home Rick! right now. I'm, in my, I'm not there. And I'm going, okay, cell phone, phone, uh, Ustream. Uh, 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 messages, texting, uh, <laughs> phone call. Uh, How do uh, I? Facebook. By what? iChat. <laughs> Twitter. Uh. Right. And he's going, we'll wait. Rosowski, where the fuck is Rosowski? Oh I know my he's God, here. That's going, funny. Rosowski, where's Rosowski? <laughs> and so at that moment, I like threw on the clothes. I'm wearing these clothes. Threw on the clothes and went over there. And I was like, I was at home. I was at home. But the group. Oh, that's came, awesome. What a, what, a, what a fucking fun way to be brought up on stage. <laughs> Put my pants on. <laughs> um, it was a great group of people. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and um, it was a gathering that was. It was a gathering then for it to be on UStream, which meant it go, went all over the world. Yeah. And people were able to chat and talk about it. And there were friends that there were, Dave Pasquese was was chiming in, uh. and, and Annie Watson was chiming. These are different people from all over the world. Yeah. Look at the place we live in. Look at the world we live in now. It's. Uh, I, I feel like this this sort of accelerating pace of, <clears throat> of technologies bringing us together is is only getting started. The, the, this is this is this is the thing that we need to be riding, and I, and I but I think it's very exciting. Wait, wait, it's the thing that we need to be what? Riding, using, riding. developing. Uh-huh. But I, uh-huh. but I, I my feeling about it is that it's it's a wonderful time to be in our business. Right. It's a wonderful time to to have a voice and be. One of something to say because one of the great things about this, I, I was talking to um, our buddy uh, Larry Joe Campbell, yeah, a delightful fellow, and Larry was saying that this is a uh, a golden age of television. That if if you want to pitch uh, a a series to someone, there are forty five different outlets. Really, literally forty five. You know, it, not that long ago there were four. Right, forty five different places that you can take, and that's and that's just places that'll give you. Television-sized budget, right. so you, you know, cable, network, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, like these places. So, so you've got the, this extraordinarily wealth of outlets to to help you create, and then you've got all the the online-specific places that have slightly less, or sometimes significantly uh, fewer dollars in their budget, but are still providing a a means to produce content. Right. Uh, I mean, what a what a magical time to have a voice, and and what a great creation of a middle class. Of, of people to do this work. So it's not just the people getting $20 million of film who are making a living uh, uh, creating this stuff, but, but it's, it's everybody uh, who's able to get, find an audience. Right. And I, I, if the, one of the reasons that I do this podcast is, is the concept of universal encouragement. Mm-hmm. For people to know that the people that I'm talking to, myself included, uh, there are outlet. If you have a voice, there's an outlet for your voice. Wh- whatever it is that you're doing, totally. if you have something to say, there is a place for you to broadcast it. And I don't mean broadcast, but I mean to to cast it broadly, right. to broadcast it out there to get your fucking message out. And there are people going, "Well, I got this thing, and I'm doing this thing. How do I? Well, you know, whatever it is, X, whatever X is." And you go, "Okay, Etsy, yeah." Um, Absolutely. You know, um, YouTube, um, like like Vimeo, all these things. And if you think that you, if you think that your voice, nobody wants to hear your voice. If that's what you think, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wrong. 
And it can be proven. It can be shown. You can be shown to be wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There, there, are, there are metrics that you can look at. And even if you're just getting five people that you don't know to look at whatever it is that you're doing, that's five people that you don't know. Yeah. I love Pinterest. I love it because it allows me to. Allows me. It. 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 I guess I don't know. Allows me is the right phrase, but. I'll take pictures of food and I'll post it online because I do pictures of food. I know you do, buddy. They, you got you do you are you are the Picasso of food. Bait, right? I love uh, I love and just FYI, uh, do not take a picture of food if the lighting is wrong. I know we we've eaten together. I know and you and you've explained right. that you are right. you are you are in, very thorough in Dallas and you probably helped me hold up the iPod the okay. iPad to light some fuck. Oh, that was a really good meal that we had at that restaurant. That was good. That was really good. So. I post this thing on Pinterest, and there's somebody who will take it, this picture of the food that I had, and put it on their their site. And I go, what? Uh-huh. Right. I don't know these people. and But they wanted to repost my meal. They want to repost my meal. I love it. You know, I, I don't Pinterest. I, I'm not familiar. I, uh, Pinterest... What's the, uh, Etsy are, are both things that I, I know of them, but I, I don't know. Well, them. Etsy is really uh, Etsy is about crafts, crafts and stuff, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff, and 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 selling stuff that you do. Like right. Betty Cahill has a uh, has an Etsy site. Do you know uh, Beth K- Betty Cahill? Uh-huh. Mike Coleman's uh, wife. Okay. Yeah. So she's got a site. I think Chris Cahill has a site. All these people that I know that have sites and on on Etsy, and you go, well, this is my this is my business. You hang a shingle out. Yeah. And you send people over there. But what do you have? What are you doing? What are you making? And then that, you know, I had a girlfriend get me a a, a a ring that was a quarter. Then they turned into a ring of my birth year. Oh, you that's know, cool. Like, it was a really, it's a beautiful ring. Yeah. And she got it on Etsy. So what is it that you have to say? Who is it that, what is it that, you're, that you want to say? And do it. Just fucking do it. Do it. And if you think no one's interested, you're wrong. You know what I'm fascinated by these days? There's, I... I, this is a, not a unique statement I'm about to make, but I'm really fascinated by Reddit. Yeah, like Reddit is. A what is place. it? So Reddit is is uh, it's essentially a a site where you post a link with a title, and people will vote it up or down, and uh, it's essentially a way for. Uh, what was the last cr- thing that you did? To crowd aggregate content. So okay. I, well, I I go on there and I I kind of lurk. I don't really post stuff. Uh huh. But it's, it's a place where you go and you comment and then people vote on your comment and you get karma for doing that. But here's the great thing. It's all anonymous. So nobody knows who anybody else is. Uh-huh. And the thing that you get for, for posting good comment is called karma. Uh-huh. And it's worthless. Uh-huh. There's absolutely nothing you can do with karma. You can't, you can't buy anything with it. Uh-huh. There's, there's no, it has no value. It's just, something, it's just a number that goes, oh, cool, I got good karma for that. <laughs> and it is the, the most bizarrely addictive thing. But it's, it's like you're swimming in this sea of content. Everyone's faceless and nameless and just showing you cool shit from the internet. And, and you can't stop. And you can't stop, and there's nothing, and, and part of its design is that nothing will ever come of it except for cool content being shared. Like, like nobody will ever be able to buy anything with their fucking karma points. It's not a Bitcoin. I love the idea of what a time waste the internet is. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Me I'm neither. saying it in a good way. And you know what I don't do anymore? I don't turn this thing on. Oh, fuck that. What is that big thing you got there? <laughs> I don't, it's a rectangle. So it's Toshiba on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rectangle. I don't do any, like, I can't say that. Like, I'll watch Boardwalk Empire. Sure. And I'll watch Kitchen Nightmare, although it, I don't know, it's not on anymore, and I don't know what happened to it. God damn um, them. But I'll watch that, 
Um, if something big happens, like newsworthy, I will probably go to Twitter. Yes. Now, isn't that interesting? That Twitter is a news source. Right. Were you following on the Boston, when the Boston bombing stuff happened? Mm -hmm. that's, mm. that's when it really switched for yes. me. Yes, that was it. That was my going, okay, I've heard people when something happened go to Twitter. So now is an opportunity for me to practice that, to go to Twitter right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I don't, and it's great because it will lead me to other sources. Because again, Andy, it's about being curious. And I don't like, I had a girlfriend who didn't know who fucking Dick Van Dyke was. A 40-year-old woman. Wow. I, hopefully she's not listening to this. Or maybe she is. It doesn't matter. Listen, Jendley, Heather Smart. <laughs> I'm not naming any specific. I'm just Susan, Morgan, no, no, no. Tiffany. Um, but she, and then she didn't know who Trayvon Martin was. And it was like, uh-uh, fucking boner killer. Well, if that was a year ago, I could understand. Because he was fairly obscure before that. Right. Trayvon <laughs> You know, he made some good guitars, and, uh, and him being connected with Jerry Lewis. In uh, about 2008, I had no idea who Trayvon Martin was. I would was. love Trayvon Martin and Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Inappropriate, <laughs> like, Totally. Is it too soon? Uh, Trayvon Martin Luther King. Oh, my uh, goodness. Junior You Wells. racist son of a bitch. <laughs> and the, the, the idea of, 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 of going, yes, I, I, you're CNN, talking about CNN. Uh -huh. It's like... You're gone. CBS, a good friend of mine, her husband is, um, again, he's a friend of mine as well. He's a, a big mocker in CBS News. And this Laura Logan thing, yeah. it's not fucking okay. No, it's not all right. Well, it's, I mean, but isn't that, I, I just think it's also interesting. I mean, what Laura Logan was doing would be perfectly acceptable and encouraged on Fox News and is done every day. Right. But, uh, but it's, it's, that, it's the POV thing. I mean, if, if you're going to present yourself as being a, uh, an objective news source, you're, you've got a different sort of standard to rise to. Clearly. But, it, but, but what I thought was so interesting that day of the Boston bombing, and I, again, I, this isn't a unique observation, but I think it's, it's relevant. The, if, if, you were, if you're watching CNN, so I had CNN on at the same time that I had my computer machine on. Uh -huh. And so, this, so I'd, be, I'd be watching on Twitter, and Twitter linked me to a police uh, radio mm -hmm. in Boston. So, so me and I think 25,000 other yokels were listening on, uh, to it blow by blow, uh, you know, shot by shot. You're hearing the shots in the background uh, as you're listening to, the, to this uh, police radio. And, and seeing the live accounts of reporters. So you're getting to-the-second information. At the same time, I've got CNN on, and they're giving false information from five minutes ago. Right. And, you know, it's not their fault. It's the limitations of the format. They're right. just being, you know, surpassed by superior technology. So I think they have to go the POV route. They have, you know, they can't do breaking news the way Twitter can. They've got to do analysis. And analysis requires you to have a point of view. Just be fucking open about it. I think that that's the issue. Just be open about yeah. it. Yeah. And I think with Laura Logan, who is, for those who don't know, for those people who don't know, 60 Minutes, a former 60 Minute correspondent, Interviewing a guy that was a uh, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, what's their? Uh, they're not working for the government. They're contractors. Yeah, yeah. Who was at Benghazi, hired to be a bodyguard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he lied, and she didn't follow up. She didn't do her background. But then there's this also fucking bullshit that CBS News own. CBS owns this conservative publishing company that is that had a a book deal with this guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're going, and then Laura, Laura Logan's husband is a conservative douchebag as well. And she, you know, going, God bless, whatever the fuck happened to her when she was molested and... Oh, yeah, it was terrible that? in Tahrir Square. Or... Exactly, or whatever that was going to be. Yeah. And, 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 and you go, what happens to your head at that moment? Yeah. And then she came back right away. She wasn't okay. It certainly, it certainly seemed like a... Well, but... That POV, like like her responding, and I think her husband was involved with this conservative, yeah, yeah, yeah. With this conservative outlet. That's what I mean. So, I mean, here's the thing. If you've got a, conser- a conservative take on the world, go fucking speak your truth. Go do it. But, you know, I, I just think that there's got to be... I, I, this, is, this may seem like a tangent. I'm going to bring it back. I swear to God, David. The Huffington Post. This is called ADD. So it's ADD. So oh, we're, we're, we're fucking nailing it. It doesn't okay. matter. Right. We're nailing it. We're All right. right. Huffington Post aggregates material. They, right. they also do independent journalism, but they right. also aggregate uh, from other sources. I think to a certain extent what Sanders are doing is aggregating uh, ideas and, and concepts. And that we're presenting uh, ideas. Uh, if you're looking at the world and you're getting all of these biased points of view and you're trying to sort through them, uh, hey, here's somebody. Uh, it's John Stewart. He's here from his point of view that we're very familiar with and comfortable with, and it matches the way he acts. His personality seems to its form uh, reflecting function. That, that, that we can turn to him and get an understanding of the world from this one point of view. Right. Uh, that that takes all these different ideas, sorts this out, presents the important ones, and gives us a take on it that's interesting and memorable. And that's what HuffPost does uh, in the world of, uh, of, of raw news. We do it for the world of ideas. Right. I don't know if that analogy works, but I'm throwing it out. No, there. it's I just I mean, again, no, but it's, it's, it is, and because as you're, as you're saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about that's one of the reasons that there's never been a very successful, conservative, satirical show. Well, let's talk about that. Why is that? Because I've got opinions. What, what do you think? I think that there's a fundamental, like when you're fundamentalist, whatever it's going to be, the very nature, definition of fundamentalist is there's a fundamental truth that you have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that, that, for me, there is a fundamental truth that I have, but that fundamental truth is about, it's the fundamental truth is you don't know the truth. That's my fundamental all truth. All right, yeah, yeah. All right? So in that way, you it requires you to be curious about everything and not to go, I live in this box and everything has to live in this box. So I look at John Stewart. I look at Stephen Colbert. Was, Colbert's great at it to say there is no, there is no, it, truth is fluid. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I think that people who are right or wrong, the Bible is this, the Quran is that, you know, whatever it's going to be. And I don't think, Again, this is me. Sure. I don't think that um, satirists, for the most part, except I wouldn't call Dennis Miller a fucking satirist. I don't know what happened to him. But I look at a lot of people and go, you, uh, Bill Maher. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Maher? Sure. Bill Maher. I, I for, lost his name for a moment. I think that we look, everything is fair game. Uh-huh. But with conservatives and fundamentalists, not everything is fair game. Okay, I, I, I disagree slightly. I disagree slightly. Do you think that Fox News is going to nail Dick Cheney? No. Right. Do you think that Fox News is going to, to talk about the success that, uh, that, the health, that, that the Affordable Care Act has right now? They will not. They will not. So in that way, it doesn't get them out of that box. And when you are, when you're, I think when you're... So that's why Greg Gutfeld sucks so bad? Right. Well, it, you know, you may be right. You may be right because he is, I, I don't believe he's going to cover the spectrum. But now, I, in fairness, I never heard George Carlin talk about how 
you know, it is tough to raise kids in a world with with a bunch of obscenity in it, and it's tough to to understand for a child's mind to wrap its head around that. You know, right. to take a contrarian view to, to George Carlin. Okay, I, I don't I don't think George Carlin ever covered that side of the issue, but we knew where he was coming from, and there was some intellectual honesty to it. But I, but I think the other thing that and feel free to disagree with me because I'm just making this up, but you know they say that that. The difference between uh, satire and bullying is that satire is, rep- is, is uh, sticking up for the underdog and taking on the, the big guy, whereas bullying uh, is the opposite power relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the only real difference, which I think there may be some truth to that, mm-hmm. is that bullies say things that would be very funny if they weren't so dickish. Right. And what is dickish? <laughs> it's, it's, it's picking on the little guy because you can. But, the, but the, that, the, that is a, a fundamental difference between these two things. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, you know, George Carlin never went after, you know, you know what I hate is the fucking homeless. You know, right. he never did that bit. Right. But Greg Gutfeld would do that bit all day. Uh, and that we perceive that in our minds as being very different. It, that, that idea of being bullied, the idea of, I, I, want to, I want somebody who's vulnerable and makes me look at the world uh, and makes me go, I'm part of you. Because it, I don't, I'm part of you. I want, I, that's what I love about, about, John Stewart, as I look at him and I go, I know what he's kind of where he's coming from. Yes, I share I his values. I don't know where Fox and Friends are coming from. I they seem to be the people that I went to college with who were in the fraternity that I never the party that I never fucking wanted to go to. And all those people at that party are watching Fox News at their gym today. Right. You know? Right. But I think right. that is an expression of values. That's an expression <laughs> of like you know who I agree with? The, the, the guy with the really nice tie. That's my guy. You exactly. Know, I, I don't share those values, but somebody does. I, I think, and the women that are on that, this is gonna, <laughs> the women that are on that show, you go, I don't know that. This I, is about to be very sexist. No, it really is. <laughs> I'm looking going, you are so sexless. Uh-huh. I'm looking at them and I think, I don't know that I would ever like, like take a magazine into a dark room with a picture of any of the Fox and Why would you ladies. take a magazine into a dark room, David? I just don't know what you, you couldn't see. Let me see finish it. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. I can look at it with a flashlight. I got you. Okay. All right. Because I'm looking at the going, there's, there's no <laughs> human. For me, I feel, I look at those people and I go, there's no humanity. Yeah. You're, you're a mouthpiece and you live in an echo chamber. And you know what? Here's another thing. It could fucking be said the same thing to me about me. Oh, sure. I, uh, do I read Daily Coast more than I do uh, Red State? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. And, uh, and, and do I post stuff on Red State? I don't know. I don't. What's that? Uh, meet the, there's a, I think some of your stuff was on this too. And, it's, uh, and, and what did you call it? An aggregator. Uh, medium, medium, ma- media matters. Media matters. Or is it no, upwardly? No, mediate. Mediate. So they take. Oh, mediate. Mediate. Yeah, yeah. I think that Rachel Maddow said that that's a right-wing, a conservative. Generally, yeah, yeah. They, I, but I've seen them do both sides. I think they're a subtle right-wing. I, I, I think that they're, they're like politifact a little bit. They're like, uh-huh. eh, we're neutral, except now and then, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, right. eh, except when it counts. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I worry about that, and I've had arguments with people online who people say that, you know, I'm bullying, I'm not taking on the, the part of the, the underdog, and it's like, if I don't believe it, I'm not going to back it up. And I also hold on to truths that I find to be, and they're my truths, and I get to fucking hold on to them. You're damn right, Dave. You know, the idea of gun violence, it's not fucking okay with me. And here's another thing. I'm not here to take your gun away, so stop saying that I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm not. I want to take some guns away. 
I do I, want to take I, some guns away, but I want to take the guns away from the people that shouldn't have the fucking guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a woman online. Aye, but there's the rub. Well, there's a woman online that, that is a Second Amendment person and I, and I, that, that chimes in whenever there's a Second Amendment issue that comes up, which is a lot. And she'll say things like, I, I will go to a gun range and I will watch people not take care of their weapons and I will talk to them. Take care of your weapons. Bring it home. And I'm like, that's the kind of thing that I appreciate. The, where I know that when she goes home, most likely she puts her guns in the gun safe. She cleans them out. And I'm like, it's okay to, be a, to have a sport that is that. Sure. But I'm not there to take your fucking... Uh, no. Have you ever gone shooting? I, and when I was at Northern Illinois University, um, I, I met a, a farmer. And somehow we became friends. And, I uh -huh. and he took me onto his farm. And we and I killed him. I had a How you, this is a big podcast for us. I, I buried the lead. So <laughs> and I buried the farmer. And I buried the lead. Then I buried the farmer. <laughs> that is a great opening line for a, for a book. Yes. I buried a lead and then I buried the farmer. So I we saw a shotgun and I killed a no left turn sign. Oh, that'd be fun. And, but it, the report on that yeah. scared the shit out of me, and I said I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, that'll that'll take your ammo. Did you shoot? Yeah, I'm from Indiana. I've shot guns and right. stuff. And then, like, like I, my my uncle Rick, bless his heart, uh, he was, some might say, something of a gun runner in his day. But I remember him taking me and uh, my sister and my cousins out to a, on Christmas, taking us out. We're going to take the kids out shooting. And uh, we get to this cornfield, and he opens up the back trunk, and there's all these fucking guns in the trunk. Like, not in cases. They're just, like, loose. Like, and even I, like, little kid, like, nah, that's probably not right. That's probably not the way this was. And he takes us on this hill, and he's drinking this uh, six-pack, and just put him down and, and shooting the shit out of him. And he has this M14, which is the predecessor, predecessor to the M16. And it's like a fucking assault rifle type of setup. And uh, it takes it and just shoots this tree down. It just this tiny little tree shoots it, you know, shoots it a few times and it topples over. Hands it to me, and I, Dave, I must have been six. I must have, I couldn't have weighed more than eighty pounds. And he's drunk at this point, so I shoot it. And the M16, they've they've gotten rid of the report, the kick. The M14 has plenty of kick. Knocks me down the hill. Just a little kid goes flying. So anyway, gun safety not part of my genetic makeup. Uh, I, uh, for that, I again, I just want, uh, and I've unfriended people. Going. Oh, Facebook's a different. Uh, Facebook is a tough place to have this POV we're talking about. It really is, and yet, that's my that's that's my that's that's my venue. Well, you, you know, you are. I've I've seen you take on issues on Facebook in a what I would say is a much more brave way than I tend to on Facebook. I you know I, I tend to be fairly provocative mm -hmm. in in video and public sphere and, and things like that. When it comes to Facebook, I I just have so many friends and relatives who I don't want to get, who I want, I want to know as people, because if we know each other as, uh, politically, I'm afraid we won't like each other as much. Right. But that's kind of a pussy way out, isn't it? I, 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 I would, I'm going to go ahead and say it is. We're all comfortable with what we're comfortable with. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, for me, when I'm looking at things like um, uh, rabbis' houses who are burning down, you know, pornography. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, that's the way that I... I can't force you in <laughs> any way to get that point of view. But I do know that... Um, well, it's not pussy. It's what you're comfortable with. All right, know? And all I right, feel, yeah. And for me, I feel like I want to... 
I'm not hiding behind it. Uh, this is how I feel about it. And here's another thing. Tell me something that I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, isn't that I mean, great when that happens? Yeah. yeah. Tell me something that I don't know. And that's why this woman, I, I'm going to say her name, but again, per, Patricia Foreman is her name. And I look at her and she's this person and I'm like, tell, that's the point of view I'm looking for. Don't hold back and don't tell me this bullshit about, you know, last year there were more people killed by hammers than by rifles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is going around. Don't fucking going, bullshit me. And don't, and also don't say this. Well, there were only 4,000 people killed by handguns in this year. And I'm going, wait a minute. You don't get to say only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get to say only. Yeah. Because each one of those people is a number. And the number that's associated with those people, there's a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One is too much. Yeah, only, only. Fuck only, yeah. Fuck your only, yeah. and fuck your hammers, yeah. and, and fuck all that bullshit, and fuck, and last night, and yesterday, some guy saying, yeah, you know what, um, oh, the, the guy, the Fast and Furious guy, the car accident, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's, and he's, and he, I know he's a gun proponent, and he's saying, yeah, I guess we gotta get rid of all the cars now. Okay. And I'm going, okay, and I said that, I said, okay, Dave, that's enough. And he kept going, seriously? I mean, you know, I don't own a car, but, you know, people really gotta watch out for cars, because, and, and, These know, things that we have to have licensed? Right, <laughs> right, and that's where take a test to you. Right, and that's where at that moment I go, you, no, it's not okay, because you are living in this universe, and I'm saying, show me something I don't know. Yeah, and that shitty analogy costs people lives. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're gonna stop there. All right. Hey, bye, everybody. Good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDcomedy at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website, ADDcomedy.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rozowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, Know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out, and there's a link there. Click on that link, and that will set you up. you got to do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rozowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.